This is Cambridge Judge Business School's online knowledge centre with expert commentary, analysis and insights into the issues of the day. Mark Durand and Anton Wright intend to row, unsupported, 2,200 miles, the navigable length of the River Amazon from Peru to the Brazilian coast. Close friends and both oarsmen, the ethnographer and the Clare College chief rowing coach, recognised the dangers. They and their brightly coloured boat, for instance, could represent a bright yellow ATM machine for would-be hostage-takers. Not for them the luxury of support vessels and advance parties. They've opted to face the dangers thrown up by uninhabited jungle and put their own survival skills into practice. Dr Duran says they expect debilitating sickness among the many challenges they'll face over six to eight weeks. This fundraising row was Anton Wright's idea. Taking part in the annual Great Amazon Raft Race, he learned of various attempts, including swimming, canoeing and even paddling bathtubs, but no one had tried rowing its length without support. He's no stranger to challenges on water, in the same way that Dr Durand is familiar researching teams under pressure in difficult circumstances. Is he now turning his microscopic observation into a mirror to assess how well he himself can perform? It's interesting. I spent 15 years watching people in teams do difficult things in life sciences, in Cambridge rowing, in Afghanistan. Um, and I always wondered whether I'm missing out, you know, whether there are some research questions to be had, not by observation, but by experience. Uh, I also felt like a bit of a cop-out, because I watched people do difficult things <laughs> on the sidelines, and so I decided when, you know, Enter came up with this idea, that it'd be lovely to try and join him and actually put my money where my mouth is, and do something difficult, and so um, it'll be the two of us for six to eight weeks on a boat. Um, There's no one I'd rather do this with than Anton. Um, It won't always be easy, but I think it will be not only interesting from a personal perspective, I think intellectually. It's going to push friendship to the absolute limits, isn't it? As you say, six to eight weeks in a very confined space, unsupported. Yeah, it's going to push friendships to the limits. Um, You know, people you've talked to, it will tell us that um, they had some terrible falling out. I think that's also partly the challenge. I mean, something Anton said, which I, I very much appreciated and love him for, is his first job every day will be to make sure I'm okay. And my first job, my f- prime responsibility every day is to make sure he's okay. And beyond that, the wrong will take care of itself. You know, we've both rode for a long time. Um, you know, we, we get along well. We think the fishing, the cooking will be fine. You know, but we need to be able to look in each other's eyes every day and make sure that actually, you know, today you rate a 3 out of 5, or an 8 out of 10, or a 3 out of 10. And I need to take care of that, yeah. Um, And I think if we negotiate this well, and we've we've done a fair amount of of, uh, thinking about some of the ground rules we want to adopt, you know, which again comes out of the research I did prior to this for 15 years. Uh, And on Anton's very fast experience, he's done these things before. Uh, He's sailed across the Atlantic. He's... um, yeah, road, uh, you know, the Irish Sea, he's road around the Canary Islands. I think that combination of the kind of the academic basis and the experiential basis will be very interested in explorers to what kind of ground rules will come out of this. And maybe we can mitigate the risks um, of, of falling out as best as we can. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, we're both human beings. We'll have good days, we'll have really bad days. Um, you know, and hopefully his good days will compensate for my bad ones and the other way around. <laughs> Otherwise, we're stuck. Which is likely to be the tougher, the psychological approach or the physical approach? I think the physical element, we both realise that there is a lot of physical endurance needed. We, 
I think we appreciate we're going to be physically worn, physically battered. I think, I think we both feel that mm. the big battle is a psychological battle. Exactly. We've rode together competitively mm-hmm. for the last year or so as well, which is, which is nice. But I know Mark's physical capabilities are up there, and I, know, you know, I hope Mark feels that mine are there as oh, well. Absolutely. I know Mark as an individual. He's the only person I've actually considered to do this with because as an individual I know that we get on. I know that we both have uh, similar views, similar thoughts about how this is going to feel more than how it's going to be. I don't think either of us can really guess how it's going to be as an actual activity. However, I think we both know how we want to feel, what we want to take away from it. Yeah. What do you want to take away from it? Well, I just, I want to, I want to fulfil a gap in me, personally. It's a very selfish the reason why I'm doing this. I do feel like I need to achieve something else. Uh, but my priority is to actually enjoy it and to create something quite memorable for both of us. Mm. Um, I don't want this to be the most, in, you know, the most psychologically wearing, tearing you know, run run the pair of us down. Mm-hmm. I want it to be something where we come off the end of it and we're just so exhilarated. Exactly. And we really feel, I think both of us feel that we will come off the end of this, maybe not the first day or the second day, but afterwards we'll look back and we'll be like, It'll be wow. a life-changing experience yeah. for sure. Yeah. So, Are you genuinely expecting that, Mark, that it will be a life-changing experience? I hope it will be a life-changing experience. Uh, when I went to Afghanistan, I was hoping that would be too, and I think in some ways it has been, but not necessarily for, for, you know, for the good. Um, this, I think, will be quite different. I think both of us would like to do Cambridge proud, frankly. Um, I'd like to do the business school proud, both in terms of research, in terms of producing a, a solid photo essay. Anton would like to do his college, Player College proud, the boat club. We want to do uh, our charity proud, Leonard Cheshire Disability, um, who've been very supportive of us, um, our colleagues who've gone out of their ways to, to help us out. Um, so there are a lot of different reasons why we want to make sure this succeeds. At a personal level, very interesting, Anton is getting married a week before he leaves for Peru. Uh, about the same weekend he decided to get married, uh, I found myself getting divorced. And so, you know, <laughs> you know, so we're both dealing with an interesting personal kind of background that we take into the rowing. Um, we're both about the same age. I'm a little bit older. Intellectually, I'd like to try and see if there are research questions that I've missed. You know, of the past 15 years, I've watched people um, living with them for very long periods of time under the same conditions. Um, is there something to be had, not by watching people do things, but by doing it myself? Um, might this be the basis for an interesting piece of autoethnography? For instance, you know, of, you know, which is becoming a more popular but still very new way of doing doing research, using yourself as the primary subject. And aside from that, I would love to produce a really solid photographic essay, where Anton will be the primary subject, um, and trying to capture within photography the psychology of spending up to sixty days with one other individual on a small boat. What's that like? Purely nuts and bolts. The Amazon is four and a half thousand miles long in in round figures. You're rowing two thousand two hundred 
miles of that. The cynic in me says, well, you're going with the flow, so you'll be able to sit with your feet up for a lot of the time, just avoid the debris. We could. You've got us. <laughs> It'll take a little longer, but at the end of the day, yeah. we could um, drink gin and tonics all the way. We could, we could. No, it's, um, it's, it's the experience that I want to, to have while I'm out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's the experience that both of us want to have. We'll be going through hundreds of miles of uninhabited mm-hmm. rainforest. Mm-hmm. We'll be away from civilization. We won't have luxuries that we depend on so much. And don't forget what makes us a historical first is the fact that we will be the ones doing it unsupported. And so even people that have swummed before, have kayaked before, have tried to do this in a bathtub, which <laughs> didn't work, um, they will all have had support crews, which meant they would have slept on a different boat, they would have been fed by people, they would have had the protection. And one of the things that we have cause to worry about and that we're trying to mitigate very hard is the risk of um, of kidnapping and hostage taking which is you know something we didn't anticipate to be a risk but something we have, you know, from very good source we know is a, is a real risk and we have no defense the boat that we're rowing is a bright yellow ocean rowing boat so it's very hard to stay underneath the radar screens we're almost like this bright yellow cash point machine floating past um, and so it's something we worry about it's something that we have to uh, work our way through. You know, the same is is true of, of feeding ourselves. You know, we've got some emergency supplies on board, but we'll still have to fish our way through. And you know, what we eat, you know, will hopefully be decent. My cooking skills are neither here nor there, so I'm relying upon the expertise of, of Anton. But but that sort of stuff, we will get sick. I mean, it is the malaria hotspot in the world. You know, despite our vaccinations, there is dengue fever, stuff that you can't vaccinate yourselves against. We will end up skinny and full of parasites by the time we land in Brazil. What's that like? With no one else to talk to, no one to help you out medically, uh, no one to cook for you on a bad day, no one to protect you when you're approached in a fishing vessel with four or five men having no idea what their agendas are, that sort of stuff. Anton, you're a rowing coach. You're, you're used to training and getting ready for major events. How do you prepare for something like this? Physically, we're both training. We're trying to squeeze as much training as possible in, which, which is surprisingly difficult with both of our, um, our lifestyles at present. The visualising. Yeah, a lot of visualisation. The psychological element is... Um, the, the psychological strength will be our biggest advantage during the rowing. Physically, we'll be rowing up to 12 hours a day, uh, possibly rowing through the evenings as well, depending on our progress during the course of the event. I think for a teamwork, team bonding experience, more than anything, we'll have periods where we'll row together, Mm -hmm. we'll have periods where we'll row separately, Mm -hmm. and the other person can rest, recover, prepare. Mm -hmm. Uh, We'll also have periods where we won't row at all. We've got to stop, debrief, connect, Mm -hmm and really feel, see how we're going, really. Um, we do have a little thing planned every evening, don't we? we do. um, a bit of uh, refreshment. As soon as the sun sets, we must stop rowing, and we'll sit down with a gin and tonic, mm-hmm. and we'll chink glasses and just reflect on how we've done so far. That's our one luxury. Mark Durand, Anton Wright, thank you both very much. This programme was produced by the Cambridge Judge Business School as part of its online broadcast series.